0: Hi, Creative Cutie. It's Lauren here. And I just wanted to drop in and share some pre-episode thoughts with you. So today I have my parents on, and I know for many of you, these are your favorite episodes or some of mine too. And we're actually talking about pet peeves, which to be honest isn't completely on brand for me as I'm a very positive person. And I pride myself on that. But I do get annoyed by little things. I'm human. I wanted to do this because my mom came up with the idea for the show. And she was really excited about it. And I think the way that this content does fit into the framework of this show I've set up for you is that Well, I just believe that creating something with people you love is always worthwhile, especially if it's something that they're really excited about and that you can collaborate on together. And that's like almost, in my case, an audio scrapbook or diary of where you and that loved one or those loved ones were in that specific moment. And so I wanted to do this episode because it was something she was really excited about and my dad was excited about it and we could all collaborate on it together and making something with people you love is just, it's next level creativity. Making something in isolation is beautiful, but when you can collaborate on something with the people you love, it's truly special. So that being said, you're going to hear our pet peeves today. It's very funny, but there's some really poignant moments too and some great lessons about life. And it runs the gamut. So anyway, I really hope you enjoy it as much as we did and that you think about what your pet peeves are because I really do believe if there's all these little things that are annoying you and giving you anxiety, it's pretty hard to create, right? So if you can be aware of the things that are pet peeves and the antidote to the pet peeve for you, then I think you can create from a more peaceful place. Also, I just wanted to do something fun with my parents and something that would entertain you. So sit back. Or stand up if you're walking or something. (laughs) And get ready for this amazing episode with my parents. I hope you love it as much as we love doing it for you. And thank you for being in this community and supporting week after week. I'm so grateful for you. Okay, now here's the show. Have you ever been annoyed by something? Have you ever had a pet peeve? Well, today I'm here with two of my favorite people, probably two of your favorite people too. My parents. That's right. The people that birthed me. And we're going to talk all about pet peeves because if you got too many of them, it's pretty hard to unleash. They clutter your mind. They clutter your soul. They just make it difficult to deal with life. And so it helps to talk about them so that Once we talk about them, we can be fully creatively unleashed. So here we are. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, and creative coach. And this show is meant to give you tools to claim your right to creativity, redefine your relationship with fear, and love, trust, and know yourself enough to pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. Today I'm here with, as I mentioned, my parents, Joanne and Mike LaGrasso. And again, we're going to talk about pet peeves, This concept was something that my mother came up with. She actually has a little bit of a producer gene in her that I wasn't aware of. I'm really excited because I know she's got quite a few of them. My dad does as well. And so I think we're just going to go ahead and get into it. Welcome to the show, you two
1: gorgeous people. Thank you for having us. And we're so happy to be here and especially happy to be spending time with our beautiful daughter.
2: We are looking forward to expressing... (laughs) Our pet peeves, although I try and be very positive um, as you start thinking about uh, different uh, aspects of life, uh, there's quite a few.
1: Wow, Dad. It sounds like you read that out of a book. (laughs) I think he's reading his notes. He's got a whole... Oh, my God. Did you
0: make notes? He wrote notes. He has a
1: huge page of notes. I didn't do that. I need notes like that, too. One of my pet peeves (laughs) is when people
0: have a page of notes. (laughs) I'm going to be doing this
1: purely from... You know, from memory.
0: her paragraphs that she wrote in her phone, <laughs> I wrote oh, little shoot. like bullet points. My mom wrote literal paragraphs on her phone. Oh, by the way, I should say, we're recording this in my kitchen because we can't all three fit in my closet, unfortunately. <laughs> so we're recording in my kitchen, so it might be a little bit more echoey than normal, but hey, got to deal with it. Roll with the punches, my babies. All right, so mom, did you want to give a disclaimer?
1: I want to say that I'm usually. Most of the time, in my basic nature, is to be kind and (laughs) nice. You are are kind. I'm very kind and nice and sweet and pretty even-tempered. But I just want to make a disclaimer in case, you know, I get a little, like, you know, more riled up when I'm talking about some of my pet peeves as I talk about these issues, which really (laughs) annoy me. You may hear some foul language. I hope I don't say any unkind words, but you may hear some unkind words in regard to the situation and I don't want to scar anyone who knows the nice, sweet person that I usually am. Basically, she's going basic to finally nature. be dropping the
0: Catholic schoolgirl <laughs> act
1: and admitting her Sicilian side. And sometimes when, you know, you have these annoyances, they, that will make an appearance. So that's my disclaimer. Yeah. So I hope I don't scar And she can be anyone. quite
0: spirited when she gets <laughs> upset. Spirited. That's the word. I like that. All right, Mom. Well, since this was your idea, I think you should kick it off.
1: Do you want to hit us with one of your pet Oh, let's pet see here. Um, I'll start with this one. And this is probably a lot of people have this pet peeve. When you dial a number, most any number these days that you dial, whether it be a department store, Macy's.com, whether it's Comcast... Whoever it is, you have to dial a series of numbers. And I just want to talk to a human being. I don't want to talk to a computer. Please. I just want (laughs) to talk to a human being. So, you know, it's like dial one for this, or press two for this, press three for this. And then I usually say, I would like to speak to a human being. I don't want to talk to a computer. No offense. I want to please speak to a human being. So they always say, I didn't understand that. Let's start over, you know, and then they give me the same thing all over. So I have to just, you know, calmly say, representative, representative, representative. And it's it's very cumbersome, challenging, frustrating. And, frankly, completely annoying to get to the person you want to get to. And sometimes I find if you press the thing for sales, they'll get you quicker to a human being than any other. Well, that's a good hack. But one thing I would like to share is a lot of times if you just keep pressing O for operator over
0: and over and over again, it brings you to a representative. Okay,
1: I'll have to try
2: that's that. That's a way to short-circuit the system. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. do that a
0: lot. And it works about 60 to 70% of the time. Okay. Pretty good track record. Yeah. All right, Dad, hit us with your first pet peeve?
2: I would say people that are messy. I don't consider myself a neat Nick, but I try and keep things in a reasonable amount of order. And sometimes when you, you know, work with people that are, uh, have no consciousness whatsoever of any type of order, uh, you know, the messiness, seems to be something that you know they could do something about. It. And I find it to be a little bit of a pet peeve when it interferes with uh, being productive and you know being able to live your life a little more orderly.
0: Is that coming from anyone in particular? Is that just a general thing? Is there anyone sitting at this table that's geared toward... Well,
2: I think if you're messy... <laughs> oh, it...
0: my mom just gave him what the Italians would call the malocchio, the <laughs> evil eye.
2: I think if you're messy in your own space... Go for it, but if you're messy in a space that affects other people, that's when I think uh, you should be more conscious. Can
1: I say something? Yes. I completely agree, especially <laughs> when I find peach pits underneath the couch or next sitting next to the chair, crumbled up pieces of napkins all over the place, apple cores strewn about galore. So you know, I tend to agree with you. Thank you. And that would be geared toward my dad. <laughs>
2: I think she was referring to me on that one.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to give my first one. This one is one I've shared before, definitely with the two of you. I think I've put a video on the internet about this, but I'm so sick of people who think they're morally superior because they make their bed every morning. You know what? Here's my thing. If you like making your bed, if it makes you feel good, good for you. Sometimes I do too. Not every day. Some days. I like to make my bed because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good to get into my bed at night and cozy in and just have that nicely made bed. But when I hear people who are like, well, number one advice in life, I make my bed every morning. And I learned that in the military. And every successful person I've ever made has made their bed in the morning. It's like, okay, fine. Where's my million dollars? I made my bed for a month. I didn't see a big stack of cash drop into my house. Yeah, it made me feel good. But it didn't change anything in my life. So here's my thing. If you like making your bed Good for you. I think that's wonderful. If you don't like making your bed, that's okay too. You're not a worse person or a better person because you do or don't make your bed. Do what you like. Do what makes you feel good. But stop acting like you're better than everybody else or like some sort of miraculous thing
1: is going to happen to you because you pulled your covers up a few inches. There you go. Yes. And you know, the thing I wanted to mention is that there was an article not too long ago, a few months ago. And it did say that not making your bed every day can a lot of times be a good thing because it allows air to circulate underneath the covers and prevents a lot of... Um, bacteria. Yes, bacteria. And what are those little things? Uh that bugs. Dust bunnies. Dust, yes. All, all, whatever those things are that are... Bad boys. The Yeah, those... <laughs> Dust mites. Dust mites, yes. Mites. So there is something to Who needs to that. mites in this economy? Yeah. Not
0: I. Yeah. Not I. Listen, at the end of the day, whatever, regardless of mites, I think you should do what makes you feel good. But just stop acting like you're a better or worse person depending on your
1: bed making or lack thereof habits. Yeah. All right, mom. Back to you. Okay. Ping well, pong. <laughs> ping pong. This sort of goes along with what you just said. People that profess to be so Christian- <laughs> and quote from the Bible all the time, and go to Mass every Sunday, and never swear. And they're like some of the worst people and the unkindest people I've ever met. Being a Christian, is, or a, a nice person, a good person, is not defined by how many times you go to church, how many times you go to Mass, how many passages you can quote from the Bible. Being a nice person and being a good person is all about how you treat other people, yeah. and treating other people the way you want to be treated and being kind to everyone. Yes. So that's just a little note.
0: There's like a real misconception that you have a guaranteed trip to heaven if you go to church every Sunday and speak by the Bible. But my whole thing, actually, that's a pet peeve of mine. People who think they're morally superior – I just don't like anybody who thinks they're morally superior for any reason, really. But people who think that they're somehow better than everybody else or like a better person than other people because they don't swear. Swearing at people is wrong. But saying the word fuck doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you somebody who knows how to express yourself in the most efficient and effective way possible. So why don't you get upset about words that actually do hurt people, like racist words or sexist words or ableist words? Why don't you get upset about that? Stop being upset when I say fuck to express myself because I stub my toe. It doesn't make you a better person because you don't say that. If you do bad things in the world, that's what makes you a sinner, not swearing.
2: So I I'm just <laughs> following <laughs> up on that. It's does not necessarily uh, from a religious point of view, but just sometimes uh, some people have condescending attitudes. That's sort of a yeah. pet peeve of mine when somebody thinks they're superior in some way, uh, whether it's from a religious basis or some uh, superior knowledge, or try and make you feel lesser because of an attitude. I find that to be offensive, and you know that's a pet peeve of mine when people behave that way.
1: Yeah, me too. Well, another one of my pet peeves, and this may seem silly, but it's really annoying to me. I really don't want to see a Christmas movie or a Christmas story or even a Thanksgiving story when it is not the holiday season. Don't show me a Christmas movie in the middle of July or even in the middle of March or April. Or even in October. You don't even really like me. Like if I'm singing a Christmas tune a few days
0: after Christmas, I can see you cringe a bit.
1: I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't. Why do you think that
0: upsets you so much? That one I really don't get. I don't
1: know why it upsets me so much. For example, there's so many comedies on TV that I love, you know, reruns. But I don't want to see the Christmas story, like I said unless it's the holiday season. And for some reason, that's really irritating and annoying to me. <laughs> Even when, like for example, QVC, they celebrate Christmas in July. Why? <laughs> You know, they were celebrating Christmas in July for six months. I'll tell you why. (laughs) It's because they make more money when they do that.
0: But I will say, like, in defense of Christmas and and at non-Christmas times, Christmas is one of the most magical times of the year. And before you know it, it's over. Yeah. It's over, like, just so quickly. It's not like when we were little and it felt like Christmas lasted months. Yeah. Now it's like you blink and it's gone. So I don't blame people for wanting to bring up the Christmas joy either super early, like I know there's some people who put their Christmas trees up like the day after Halloween, which I actually really get. Yeah, I get that. Or people that want to do like a Christmas in July moment because it brings the spirit up.
2: This is February 8th, and we took the Christmas tree down yesterday. So (laughs) fortunately, we don't have a Christmas tree in the background while we're having this conversation. That would have
0: been hilarious. How ironic. (laughs) Well, because here's the thing that happened. It started out of like no one wanting to take the the tree down when I was younger like no one ended up ever doing it so then it became tradition that we left the tree up until my birthday which is February 2nd and then I decided to carry on that tradition in my own house because it's lovely to see the tree like it's actually a real bummer we have to take the tree down it was like the perfect way to light my living room because it just gave you like this nice little twinkle light at night yeah I just made it a tradition so for some reason she doesn't have an issue with that
1: why is that I you know I, I really know. do like having the tree you know, where I put the lights on because I guess because, like you said, such a short season and yeah. the tree is so beautiful. And especially the white tree that we have, I love oh my having gosh. the lights on that long after Christmas. And I see what you're saying about as long as it's after Halloween, but let's not do Christmas before Halloween. Okay. Okay.
0: Noted. But I you know not around you.
1: Yeah. The thing I mostly have an issue with is Christmas movies or Christmas shows in the middle of the summer. That's so
2: I too I much. wanna which gears, if we could? Yeah, sure. please. Do you uh, have any driving pet peeves? One that I have is when a big pickup truck gets right on your rear end and starts putting his bright lights on. Ooh. that come right through your driver's area and really almost blinds you. And of course, they're trying to get you to move over so that they can, you know go 85, 90 miles an hour in the left-hand lane.
0: I've never had that happen to me.
2: Yeah, that's happened a lot. Very aggressive Uh, Maybe it's a Michigan thing. I have had that happen. And I just move over because those are people that many times are road rage type individuals.
1: I've had that happen in L.A. to me a few years ago when I was driving on the expressway. And I was obviously going too slow because I was nervous. I wasn't familiar with the freeways here. And they were blinking their lights on and off. So, I mean, I just let them pass me and... I just then stayed in the right lane from then on. <laughs> I will say like something that really, I don't know if it's a pet peeve,
0: but it really hurts my feelings. When something happens on the road and someone gives you the middle finger. I know. It hurts my feelings yes. so much. And so what I always do when they give me the middle finger is I give them a peace sign. Oh, and then they great. get
1: confused. <laughs> <laughs>
0: or I'll wave at them and blow them kisses. <laughs> I've had people scream at me on the road and i I blow them kisses and wave at them and they don't know what to do. And I mean it. Cause I'm like, that's the only antidote to the hate you're giving me. I know. Yeah, but yeah. Gotta be. And careful. they just don't know what to do. They're like so confused. And I literally sometimes will tell them, I love you.
1: <laughs> but you have to be careful because some people are, there's a lot of crazy people out there. Was there.
0: A, there was a lady once who I honked at because she wasn't going and she was like stalled out in the middle of the road and like, not like signaling to go around. And I didn't understand what was happening. And then she started screaming at me. And so I started blowing her kisses and waving. (laughs) And then she was just puzzled. She just (laughs) stared blankly. So that's a hack for when someone gives you the middle finger. It's not a pet peeve, but it really hurts me. Okay, I think we need to take a little palate cleanser, our first palate cleanser, to talk about something that's positive because we've been talking about negative things for a long time. So we're going to bring in a little bit of light and love right now. I'm going to talk about something I love. Um, it's, it's a little bit, I, I don't know, I call it a life hack, and that's Pac-Man. Um, getting this little teeny Pac-Man game that my mom got me for Christmas has been such a life hack. It's brought me so much joy. And I'm going to tell you a little story. Timmy and I, my boyfriend and I, were trying to beat the final level, which the final level is the banana level. Like there's fruits for every level for some reason. And we finally beat it last week. And guess what happened? You just had to start over again. <laughs> and it was a great lesson because in life we're always searching for this goal, this end goal that we think if we get this end goal everything will be great and we'll be happy and like our careers and our creativity will be blessed or our, our personal life will be blessed if we get in the right relationship. But I have to tell you it was so much more fun when we were striving to be It sounds bad, but to beat the banana, (laughs) to beat the banana level than when we actually beat it. The winning actually didn't feel as good as the journey. So I think that's a perfect metaphor for life that we're always striving for this end goal, this end game. But the actual journey, I know it's so stupid and I get mad sometimes when people say it because I have all these big dreams, but the journey is what's beautiful. The journey is what's romantic. When you actually get the thing... It's over. The journey's over at that point. So keeping these big dreams, fighting for like beating the banana level of your life is wonderful. But don't forget that the journey could be the most exciting part and most likely is.
1: Um, I I don't know. I just was, I was wondering what you were going to say. No, I think that that's, I think that's beautiful what you just said. And I totally I never thought of it in that way, but I think that's a beautiful thing. And just to take that, what happened in that game and apply it to life, I think it's um, a beautiful, um, is it hyperbole? A beautiful, I don't know if I'm using the right verbiage. Parable. Parable. A beautiful parable and um, a beautiful way to look at life. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great.
0: Okay, this is another one that really upsets me. I actually happen to like pineapple on pizza. Hmm. I'm Italian. People who act like pineapple on pizza is a crime against humanity and Italian culture. It's like if you, again, if you don't like pineapple on pizza that's totally fine. That's legit. That's normal. But don't yuck somebody else's yum. It's a fruit. It's a food still. And it's totally fine to like it. So my issue is like people who act like, oh, how could you? How could your taste buds like? It's not a matter of if something's wrong or right. It's a matter of does it taste good to you? If not, fine. Move on with your life and never order it. If it does, order it. I don't understand why people are so offended by it. As an Italian, I actually feel offended that people are offended. I actually am offended.
2: <laughs> I love pineapple on I pizza. I love pineapple on yeah. pizza too.
0: Yeah. But a lot of Italian people, I don't, you guys probably don't follow a lot of Italian Instagram pages, but they act like it is the most horrific thing to ever happen. And as an Italian, I just want to set you free if you're a pineapple on pizza <laughs> lover. It is delicious, in my opinion. If you don't like it, again, just
2: don't order it and move on with your life. And that's it. Is that an Italian American thing or is it Italian Italy thing? Pineapple on a pizza? lot of
0: Italian American people don't th- I think it's horrific but Italian Italy people also think it's so weird.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. A pet peeve of mine is when people don't flush the toilet. Do I you know think- a lot of people who don't? Well, in public places and oh, things yeah. like that you that is s- gross. you see, you know, that kind of situation and it's very gross and it's disgusting and again, you can't really pick on a person because a lot of times you don't even know who the offender is, but it's still pretty, pretty disgusting. And if you know
0: who the offender is, you should point at them and say, bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) I have a kind of a cleanliness one. I really, truly dislike it. And this is more of like a roommate situation when somebody leaves an open container of liquid in the fridge. I have had one too many times when I was going to reach in for something and someone had an open container of liquid, it spilled all over the fridge, all over the floor. It just could have so easily been avoided. So for the love of God, don't put an open container of liquid without a lid on it in the fridge. Obviously, that's how open things work. No lid. Yeah.
1: I mean, that should be a no brainer. That should be a no brainer. I totally agree. So, going along with what you said, Mike, about cleanliness, I mean, I have always been a bit of a germaphobe. You know, I.
0: A bit. A bit. That's the understatement <laughs> of the year. My mom was using wet ones back in 1992, just to give you an example. She was taking emergency when I was like three years old, which was like way before it became part of the zeitgeist. So she's an innovator when it comes to germs because she's always been a germaphobe.
1: Well, yeah, so I was a germaphobe before COVID. but then Before it was cool. Before I was, yes, I was before it was cool. But after COVID, after the pandemic, which we're still, you know, somewhat in the midst of, I mean, we're living with it. I don't understand. I never understood why anyone would come to work sick, why they still do come to work sick. And in addition, why you would go on an airplane sick before or especially during these times. Yeah. Or go to anyone's house when you're sick. And that is just like literally don't be sick. Don't <laughs> if you're sick, just stay home and then yeah. not as many people will get sick. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer. It is
0: kind of shocking how many people are now going back out into public or like hanging out with you when they're like, oh, I'm a little sick. I'm like,
1: you're a little sick. Why didn't you stay what home? The, what don't be a little sick. I don't yes. want to be with you when you're a little sick. No, no. I mean, what are people thinking? I don't understand it. I mean, it's just common courtesy and it can make a huge difference in many people's lives. And just stay home. If you're sick, stay home. If you have a sniffle, stay home. Thank you. Even one. God bless. (laughs) Dad?
2: On an airplane. You know the seats are pretty tight, and when you get somebody next to you that does the man spread and you know spreads their legs out and invades your space or hogs your armrest, <laughs> um, I, I, I just find that to be a pet peeve. I think you got to sort of stay in your confined space and uh, you know be able to you know work within that space. I mean that's uh, you know when you start invading uh, your next door neighbor's space, I think that Turn pet, off your pe- pet peeve.
0: Ringer. I
1: thought I hit it my off.
0: pet peeve is when people leave their ringer on during a <laughs> podcast recording, I which my I mom just off. did. I thought I hit it off. Sorry. <laughs> well, and also when I have to tell them to
1: get closer to the mic 15,000 times. Okay. There you go. There I am. She sounds so much better now. Here I am. Okay. So, Mike, <laughs> this is also in regard to airplane travel. This is the thing. I've sat in first class. I've sat in coach.
0: You also used to work for American Airlines. So right. you sat in many different parts of the plane because you used to stand by and so one thing you may not know, when you work for an airline, you, you can stand by for free yeah. to try to get on a flight, and they'll put you wherever there are seats available. So if there are seats available in first, you get to sit in first. If there are seats available in coach, you can sit in coach. So my mom really has kind of flown in every iteration. She's even flown in the jump seat, which is where the flight attendants sit. Mm-hmm. So she's had every iteration of flying in a plane, and she also knows what it's like to be a flight attendant. Just wanted to give that as a
1: caveat. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I used to be a flight attendant a few years ago. A few. <laughs> Quite a few. Before I was born. Quite a few years ago. So, anyway, recently we were flying, and I used our miles to upgrade us to first class. No problem. I just feel more comfortable up there. There's more room, especially post-COVID and all of that. There's many people coming up from comfort class, from coach class, using the the bathroom, the lavatory in the front. No problem. <laughs> I don't complain. And last time we flew, like a few months ago, we were sitting in comfort class. The plane was full. The lavatory closest to us was occupied. I was going to have to go to the back of the plane. I had a sore knee, a sore ankle. So I thought, well, I'm going to go up to first class. And And
0: not just sore. My mom has bone-on-bone ankles and like a tear in her meniscus. So like she's actually got things that make it difficult for her to walk.
1: Yeah. So this flight attendant... Happened to be a male flight attendant. He just sort of shamed me in front of all the first class passengers and told me I could not come from the main cabin. I said, Well, I'm in comfort class. And I said, I'm having a hard time, you know, walking distances because my knee and my ankle are sore. He was very stern, very condescending. And to be clear, the bathroom and coach was further away. I mean, truthfully, this was a little bit of an
0: ableist moment. Do you know what ableism is? It's like when people like, prioritize able-bodied people over people with disabilities like it was an ableist
1: moment yeah Shamed me in front of all the first class passengers said you, you cannot use the bathroom here you have to go to the back of the plane as I was walking back to the lavatory he made an announcement and you know like pointing me out basically and saying anyone who's in coach cannot come up to the front uh, he was making this announcement as I was walking to the back of the plane and then as I was walking back there there was more and more turbulence and I was came out of the lavatory I went back there used it the plane was practically jumping up and down and the flight attendant in the back said I think you're better off if you stay in the lab and and I said I don't think so you know because as a flight attendant you know who used to fly I know that it's better to be in your seat than in a lavatory so you know I continue to hobble my way back up to the front but an hour later three different male passengers sitting with the row in front of me and two rows in front of me in comfort class went up there and all of them use the first class bathroom, sexism. and th- yes, and that male flight attendant in the first class did not say one word to any of them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there you go, there you have Ableism it. Ableism and sexism were displayed. Yes, that is. So a pet your peeve. pet peeve is basically what? My well, there's two pet peeves. One thing is. If if you're going to have, when I'm sitting in first class, there's a million people coming up using the bathroom, then you should let me, when I'm sitting in comfort class, use the bathroom, especially because I was having an issue with my knee and my ankle. And the other pet peeve is, why are you letting all the men go up there and use the bathroom and not a woman? Snaps, baby. I think the rules have to be
2: consistent. That's the main message. Consistency.
1: Thank you. That's all I'm asking. Thank you.
2: I find a pet peeve is when people try to micromanage me. Oh, Um, you do hate that. I I don't mind giving me the general gist of what needs to be done and allow me to use my own ingenuity and (laughs) intellect to figure things out. If if I need a little correction, that's okay. But uh, I don't need a step-by-step-by-step detail of how to do every (laughs) little item in my life. So, And again, my wife's laughing because I think she thinks she might be one that perpetrates that tendency at times. And I know it's coming from a good place.
1: Basically, I think it is being directed at me. Am I not correct?
2: Well, there are other people that do the same. Who? People at work. Oh, Uh, really? Yeah, try and get a little over the top on the detail of things. But no, I, I... notice it more and again it's all coming from a good place so i'm not criticizing the intent it's just sometimes when you've done things many 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 times and you're given the step-by-step procedure every time it gets a little gets a little old
0: yeah I get that. It's like every time I go out, mom tells me not to put my drink down for a second. (laughs) Literally, every time I go out, this is the speech I get. Uh. All right, now, honey, you're going out. Just, I hope you don't go to a bar, but if you do go to a bar, I hope you don't drink. And if you do drink, okay, just, you can get a pop, a soda, a water, and just keep (laughs) it under your nose. And if you turn your head for one second, you can't drink it. Put it down. Unless you watch someone pour it, put it down. Someone could drug you and you'll never be the same.
1: Listen, that is the truth, because I personally know people that that has happened to. So you cannot be too careful. Yeah, well, the but, but message received, you know, like I've heard it
0: at least <laughs> a thousand
1: times in the past
0: 30 plus years I of just my like life to remind you. I know. And,
1: and Mike, in your case, you know, it's just sometimes like I'll tell you something, you know, as far as OK, wait. Oh, I like this. This, this segment is called Defense of the Peeve. <laughs> Because
0: in this case, mom is the peeve.
1: <laughs> go ahead. Defense of the peeve. Commence. Well, you know, there's times when I, you know, might remind you to do something. Like, for example, if you go to the market to pick something up and, you know, if I don't remind you, there's times when, you know, you said, well, you didn't tell me that. And I'm like, well, I guess I have to tell him next time. But then when I do tell you, you know, you I, I yes, I get this pushback.
0: We're all just sensitive little yeah.
1: creatures floating around yeah. down here. Yeah. It's
0: so true. We're all just sensitive little babies at the yeah. end of the day. We're just little toddlers yeah. trying to make it through.
1: And I might just be inquisitive of asking him, you know, when he's going to the office or if he's going in an appointment, oh, where are you going today? And he's like, why do you have to know where I'm going all the time?
0: Well, that's the Aquarius in Dad. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be tied Just down.
1: Curious. Be- She's so. already
2: got me tracked on a constant basis on my iPhone. She knows exactly tr- where I am at every moment in time. You
1: know where I am, too.
2: So I- He doesn't
1: check it, though.
0: <laughs> my mom will call me and be like, I saw you were going on the 405 today. And I'm like,
1: wow. She's like, where are you heading? <laughs> well, you know, it's hard being 2,000 miles away from you. And I, I know, like to keep track I truly of you. don't
0: mind. The only time I minded was when I was single and you called me multiple times on a date because you thought I was like <laughs> taken to a warehouse or something.
1: Because and I looks- had
0: to literally answer the call in the middle of the day because I'm like, she's just going to keep calling or send the <laughs> cops for me. So I'm like, mom, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm with a friend. I'm fine.
1: Sometimes things look suspicious on that <laughs> find people thing on the Apple phone. Wait. You know, it's like going, it, you're going jigsawing all over the place. Should
0: we, ta- should we take a detour and tell the story of the time when you thought I was giving you a sign that I was abducted? Because this is a really funny story. Yeah, why don't you tell so, it? So I don't remember my mom all- and my dad can find where I am on Find Friends on the iPhone. There's this feature, if you don't know, where you can share your location constantly with someone. So I have it shared with my mom and dad, one of my best friends in Michigan, Annie, so they can see where I am at all times. And so Timmy and I, my boyfriend, had gone to see this movie called Nope, which if you're not aware is a scary movie about like aliens. <laughs> and so I was in the movie theater with Timmy and I must have like shifted to get out my chapstick or something. And somehow I pocket dialed my mom, which was, oh my gosh, <laughs> such <laughs> such bad timing because – I didn't know I called her, first of all. <laughs> Wasn't looking for my phone at all. And there was screaming going on in the movie, there was all kinds of oh. clattering <laughs> sounds. So was, she starts freaking out and yeah. thinking I'm giving her a sign that I've called her to tell her I'm being abducted and, <laughs> and kidnapped by people and that I'm trying to get her to save me. <laughs> then she checks my location and I'm at this movie theater in North Hollywood, which there's parts in North Hollywood that are great in California, but there's parts of it that are really seedy. This movie theater is in like a so-so area. And so she thinks because of what it says on the app, because the location is inaccurate, she thinks that I'm in a warehouse house in North Hollywood <laughs> with the sounds of this alien movie happening and she's freaking out she's telling my dad that like all hope is lost tell me some of what you were going through in that I don't moment. know
1: it was like I said I don't I, I don't know what's going on she's I trying think. To, I to give call me a Timmy. sign I know I said I think she's trying to signal me I don't know why maybe I should call the police maybe I don't know I maybe I should try to call <laughs> Timmy I don't know what to do maybe I should call one of her friends I, I you know and, and, and dad's like <laughs>
2: You're snoring away, you know, and I'm like,
1: Mike, wake up, wake up. You know, he he goes, just let her be. She's fine. I'm like, how do you know that? It doesn't, it's very suspicious. You know, I was going, it's very suspicious. I was having a lot of anxiety. And then, uh, how did that, what did you finally call We finally left the movie theater and I checked my phone and I saw 15
0: missed text messages from you (laughs) being like, Lauren, are you okay? I heard screaming. Are you okay? Lauren, call me immediately. Are you Okay.
2: (laughs) Was your phone on the whole time?
0: It was on the whole time, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I just didn't. And I guess you were saying, Lauren,
1: Lauren. I was screaming, Lauren, are you okay? I kept going, Lauren. (laughs) I couldn't hear it. I was watching the film. Oh, gosh. That was very traumatizing, I have to say. That was scarring.
0: That's when a pocket dial really, really (laughs) goes wrong.
1: Oh, dear.
2: The many things that happen on the phone.
1: Mom, you hit us with a new one. Well, here's one. I like to be comfortable. In the summertime, I get really hot, especially. So when I'm at somebody's house or when I am in a space. In a building. In in a a plane. In a plane, wherever. And it's so hot, but mostly because it's so hot because somebody doesn't want to spend the money on the air conditioning because they're too cheap. That's one of my pet peeves. I mean, I don't think there's any reason for people to keep the air down to 85 degrees and you have to sit there and sweat and be uncomfortable and suffer when you have air conditioning and the same in the, the winter time, as far as, as the heat, because they're too cheap to pay for heat, the extra heat. So that's one of my pet peeves. So it's mostly the air conditioning in the summertime when people want to keep it, you know, down super low.
0: Yeah, I feel you on that one. Another one of mine would be, I think, when people are not self-aware. I think just people who think that they're one thing when they're really another thing, especially when they proudly proclaim they're that one thing, when truly they're another way. Okay. It's almost like people who always say they're like such a good per. Like if you have yes. to say you're a yes. good person, yes, I hate to break it to you, but you're not. Right <laughs> Or you're... Who am I to judge? If you have to say you're a good person all the time, if someone is saying like, I'm a good person, let me just put it this way. The only people who have ever said to me, I'm a good person or I'm not a bad person were people who had just done something objectively terrible. Mm -hmm. Like I can think of a specific ex-boyfriend who said to me, Lauren, I'm not a bad person after he like broke up with me right before my play. Yes. (laughs) I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. It's like, okay, if you're so good, why do you have to, like my mom always said when I was younger, me thinks thou dost proclaim too much. Like if you have to state over and over again that you are or aren't something, chances are either you are that thing that you think you aren't or you're scared that you might be. That's
1: completely true. And I know exactly who you're talking about too. So
0: that's a pet peeve for sure. It's just like a lack of self-awareness. Buffoon, um,
1: buffoon, buffoon.
0: I mean, listen, this
1: was a long time ago.
0: I'm it's sure he's grown ago. and and changed since then. But I don't know, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. I love that.
2: Well, another pet peeve of mine is selfish people. People that are so self centered, they have no consideration at all for trying to share and uh, you know have things uh, work for. Both your, themselves and for the people that they're dealing with, they're always uh, it's always about them, and I, I find that to be very uh, offensive. It's a pet peeve of mine.
0: I think let's do a palate cleanser right now and say something we really like because this is
1: a lot of negative
0: yeah, this yeah. a lot negativity. Of
1: negativity. <laughs> it's like a bitch session. <laughs> okay,
0: what's one of your favorite parts about life, Mom?
1: Oh, the people that are in my life and the goodness in people and my friends, my family. The love that they show, the love that we have between all of us, the kindness of people. There's many bad things as there are going on in the world, and as many bad human beings as there are in the world. You can.
2: This is the good stuff. This is great. Yeah.
1: You know, there's, there's lot so of, there's many so, more good people there's so than many many are more bad. Good. Like, there are
0: There's such a focus on bad people and bad things. Do you have any idea how many beautiful, amazing people there are in this world? So many. There's so many more good people than bad people. But I remember when I was in college in my psychology class, they showed us a picture. And there was a picture of 99 happy people and one angry person. And then there was another picture where it was 99 angry people and one happy person. The picture of 99 angry people with one happy person, you couldn't find the happy person. It was Mm. like impossible to see. It took way longer. The picture of 99 happy people and one angry person, you instantly could see them. Wow! And so it must be like a survival tactic that we spot out the negativity in the world and the ugliness in humanity because we're trying to survive. You know, in the past, if somebody looked like they were upset with you, maybe that was a sign they were about to attack you. So you had to... You had to notice that in order to live, but I think we still get stuck in those feedback loops that aren't necessarily accurate. There are so many more people out in the world that are there to help and to love and to provide kindness, and yet we still focus on the one angry person because we're in that primitive, I think they call it like lizard brain, you know, it's an old paradigm It's an old way of thinking that came from our caveman days. And of course there are still bad people out there and you have to be conscious and aware. Yeah. But also I want to call to you listening to be conscious and aware of the people who are out there trying to
1: help you. That's very true. I mean, there's much more good in the world than there is bad and even helping strangers you see in all these tragedies all over the world like this recent earthquake that people are we're flying from california to go out there to help and to uh to try to make recoveries and anyway there's a lot more good than that no, it's amazing and it is true. i you know just am thankful for the beautiful people my family and my friends in my life who are just examples of pure love and kindness
2: I think showing people love and appreciation um, like these two beautiful people that I'm with, my daughter and my my wife. The connecting with people is really uh, what it's all about, and um, that's what I enjoy doing. I think it's, like I say, I try and be very positive, and I try and always look for the good in people um, and always give people the benefit of the doubt. For the most part, it works out very well, and I, I do like working with good people. It, it just makes life really enjoyable.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. So let's now get back to bitching. (laughs) (laughs) I have two more I really want to share. And by the way, as we're going through this, again, I hope that you think of your pet peeves, your list of things that annoy you, and also the list of things that make life beautiful and make you want to create art and be creative in the first place. So mom, why don't you hit us with another one of yours? Well, I think... Can I read this? Yeah, actually. I'm going to read one of the ones my mom wrote down. It's like three paragraphs long. (laughs) Speaking to somebody on the phone who doesn't give a fuck, who really doesn't have any concern for your problem, and that doesn't really care that much about helping you, and it's only trying to help you as little as possible because that's their job. And I'm talking about, for example, when you call companies like AT&T, Comcast, Xfinity, and one million others. They're blasé and really don't give a damn. And going along with this when you're at a department store or grocery store any type of service oriented business including a doctor's office same thing no smile like you're bothering them when you talk to them and you're asking too many questions and I do ask a lot of questions (laughs) but that's their job I worked for an airline for many years and customer service was the main one main part of my job and we were taught to have great customer service and I guess that's a part of the reason why I'm now so critical and judgmental of people who really don't give a Damn. <laughs> That's right. That's wow. right. That's a really good one. I've got one because I know that exactly how you made that. And um, mine is when people do talking text. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you a guilty. little gu- guilty. I hate to say it, a good few of my pet peeves are things that you happen to
1: do. Yes, I can understand that. Because I, here's what I hear too. all day long I
0: am looking forward <laughs> to seeing you, period. We had such a great meal, smiley face. I loved it, exclamation mark. Anyway, comma, what are you doing later, question mark. Much love, Joanne. All day long, all day long, I hear the bump. That was
2: one one of her short messages. I am (laughs)
0: looking... And usually she's going out, and she spends so long long. composing the text messages. It's like you hear, it's 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 a nutter, you're crazy. And by the way, while she's doing this, no one else is allowed to talk, because if you start to talk, (laughs) then it starts to transcribe what you're saying. So everyone's held hostage by her texting. Um, And I get it. I don't want to be an ageist. I know it's harder for people Uh. in the baby boomer generation to type with their thumbs, which is why so many of them engage in Uh. this talk text. But you know what? i'm sorry it's a little bit rude
1: <laughs> i have to agree imagine
0: you. if you had to hear that if dad was doing that all day you'd be so annoyed by him yeah you you're have right. to admit
1: you're right it's just that when i had a blackberry i was using all my fingers to build i was fast but when once i got this it was harder to move the keys and i started i saw a talking text and i'm like <laughs> she's like here's my I'm golden in.
0: opportunity i'm in
1: yeah but I see that it is really rude and maybe you've I'll to been try trying to, to be quieter
0: it. lately. And by lately, I, I mean the past three I try, days I after whisper. a whole decade of her doing this or however long the technology has been available the past three days, because I brought it up so many times. She's like, and then I went to the store, comma, we're having a great time in Palm Springs, smiley face. How are you in Michigan? Question mark. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't mean to type that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Now it's getting me saying, oh, shit. Ah, oh, okay. I got it. <laughs> stop.
1: Stop. Stop.
0: All day long. Oh, All day long. Oh, shit, bro, That's All so funny. All day long. <laughs>
1: It is really bad. I have to rethink what I'm doing. Maybe I'll try to retrain my thumbs to be able to I type. I mean, you
0: don't have to retrain your thumbs, but maybe like try to, if you have to do voice texts, like do it when you can be alone. Yeah. Or like when other people don't have to be silent so you can engage in what you need to do. <laughs> like if dad and I are having a conversation, it sucks that we have to pause for however long you're going to be texting. <laughs> Like literally we sat down to a Mexican dinner the other night and we couldn't oh, talk crap. for the first like seven Ugh. minutes because you were so busy texting. Like every time dad and I would go to talk, it was then transcribing our voices. So we had to be quiet at the dinner while you finished your very important text message. <laughs> I don't think I realized how rude it was. Okay. And just so you know, like she literally can't get the memo to stay near the mic. I know you probably think (laughs) when you listen to podcasters and like get closer to the mic, they're being rude. It's just, you probably can hear, it makes a huge difference whether or not you're close to the mic. I'm close to the mic now. So now she's close to the mic, but you're going to hear like a very different audio qualities going through this because she's going like this and then she's coming in. So anyway, that's definitely a pet peeve for me. (laughs) 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 Go ahead, daddy.
2: I got a couple in the uh, you know, personality traits. Here we One go. One is uh, Here
0: we
2: go. <laughs> Indecisive people. Oh, uh, yeah. well, you know, it's guilty. it's very frustrating <laughs> when you think you have can see somebody's problem and issue and, you know, they're even aware themselves of what their problem and issue is, but they just cannot get out of their own way to make a decision to make their life better. Sometimes that's very frustrating because as they say, you can only lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink. <laughs> Is so. mom
1: the horse? I guess I'm the horse. Am I the horse, Mike? Am I the horse? Well,
2: on certain things, I have wishes for you that you would take some action. That... But
0: dad, remember your wedding vows?
2: Yes.
1: Mom, do you care to describe yeah, let me, let me what just, happened Let me at your just wedding? share with your audience our wedding vows. So on the day of our wedding, we wrote these vows together. And the vows were supposed to be, I want to be the best I can be. And I want to help you to be the best you can be. I said my vows first. She said it
2: perfectly. I said, Mike, I
1: want to be the best I can be, and I want to help you to be the best you can be. And when it came time for his vows, he said, Joanne, I want you to be the best you can be, and I'm going to help you be the best you can be. (laughs) So it seems like you're living up to those. (laughs) I think so. so.
2: 35 years later, we're still working on it.
1: Here you go. There you have it. But I do have a problem with indecision. I've had the problem all my life of being indecisive. I have a question about that. I think it's because I'm a Libra. That's all I can attribute it to. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah. So if we're
0: going to blame it on astrology, which I love doing sometimes, we can totally blame it on Libra. But from a more realistic standpoint, why do you think it's so hard for you to trust yourself and your own intuition? Like, what made you think that you weren't a trustworthy person?
1: I don't know. Maybe early on, it's like that episode of Friends where Rachel says, I make bad decisions. And so from now on, you're going to make my decisions for me. <laughs> because, you know, I guess if you have experience in making decisions and things didn't turn out as well as they should have, then maybe, you know, you develop, you know, you get something in your mind thinking, I guess I don't make very good decisions. So what do you I better think did really it turn think about this as seriously. well as it should have? I don't know. I mean, I'd have to sit down and think about it. Probably many things. You know, maybe they were small things. I mean, I don't know. Like, I know a lot of times when I make a really important decision, I sit there and I list the pros and the cons. And then I rank each pro and I rank each con. That, and then I add them up. That's actually really
0: good. So I've done that before, actually, when I was trying to decide between two jobs when I was younger. My mom helped me do it. So actually share that system. It's really good for the listeners. So if you have a hard time making decisions, here's kind of a definitive way you can figure out what is the best choice. Go for it, Joe. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check.
1: Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Well, it's still pretty subjective, but it's subjective in a subjective sort of way. So, <laughs> Let's say you're trying to decide about a job. So you list all the pros of why you think you would want that job. What are the good reasons for you to take that job? And then you have another column where you list all the reasons why you shouldn't take that job or all the cons to taking that job. And then because some things are more important than some of the pros, might be more important than some of the cons and vice versa. So then you have to rank each one. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is this particular pro? And go on down the line and you rank each pro with, on a scale of 1 to 10, how important it is to you. And then you go to the con side and you rate each con on a scale of 1 to 10 with how important the con is. And then you add the total at the very end, and oftentimes it comes out almost the same, but it's but sometimes it's <laughs> in my instance it, doesn't.
0: it didn't. One was way higher than the other. And then I told the person that I didn't want to take the job with that I wasn't gonna take it and called the other person and took the job. Oh, good. Turned out to be good. It's a good yeah. system. Okay, I have one more. This is something I've talked about on the podcast before, but being that I'm a multi-passionate creative myself, and one of my biggest passions in life is helping other people claim their creativity. And get in touch with their creativity. I think that one of my biggest ones, I know one of my biggest ones is when people don't do easy things to support creatives and entrepreneurs, like, for instance, buying a small product of theirs, posting about their show or their music. Rating and reviewing the podcast. It takes literally three seconds. Like these small things, while I know that people have busy lives, they really take most of them less than a minute. If it's more than a minute, it's one to 10 minutes and can make such a massive difference in an indie creator's life, in a small business owner's life, in somebody who's trying to get an idea off the ground, in their life. And I don't think people are mean and I don't think they're mean spirited, but I just think that they have no idea how much the support means and how much the impact can be. And when people act like you're putting them out for doing something so small, I find it incredibly hurtful. And also just like, why? Like you might need something someday. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you can't do it because it's the right thing, do it because someday you might need a favor and you're going to wish someone would do that for you. And so, yeah, I just think when people don't do small things to help people who are creating something from nothing, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. And I also find it actually deeply offensive.
1: That's so true. And people, everyone's entitled to watch whatever they want to watch on TikTok or social media, but there's so many things that people spend time on that have, you know, probably little to no importance. And again, that's their choice. But when there's something of value and something that can really be beneficial not only to the person who's... It could be beneficial to both them
0: yes. and to the person that is creating the content. Yes. So it could help their lives if they're engaging with something that is deeper and more like going to help your life in some way, mm-hmm. in addition to helping the person who's making the content. Thank you. Yeah, and I will say one other quick thing. I hate the trend on TikTok where, and I'm probably going to do it. So, you know, forgive me. I'm going to do what, what is working for everyone else. But like, okay, I can only listen to you if you're putting on makeup. Oh, I'm so authentic. Cause I'm putting on my makeup while I tell you a story. Like, why can't we just listen to someone talk? What happened to us? What's wrong with us? Yeah. What's so hard about listening to somebody say something? With yeah. do we really have such a small attention span that we can't just listen to another human being say something interesting without doing something at the same time? I think it's it's an example of like the decline of society. <laughs> like, why can't you just focus on someone's? Interesting words or beautiful music or incredible painting without them also having to do something else and have another sound in the background or like put on makeup or walk. Like, what happened to stillness and impact being enough?
2: I think technology and algorithms and you know, all the things that cause that to happen are you know, unfortunately influencing a lot of people, younger people. They're it's influencing up with their
0: brains. I mean, I will say one thing that's happening to me that's kind of disturbing is. Every time I'm experiencing a moment, I'm thinking about how could I make this into a reel on Instagram? How could I make this into a TikTok? Instead of experiencing the moment, I'm thinking of how to frame it as content. And it's honestly incredibly disturbing. And I think it's antithetical to art and creativity. And so that's like kind of a pet peeve within myself that I'd like to root out is I don't want to experience moments through the eyes of someone else. I want to experience beautiful moments through my own eyes. So when that comes up in myself, I want to shut that down and just say, Lauren, be present. If you want to take a video, take a video, but take it for yourself. And then if you do something with it later, great. But don't be thinking from what would be good content. Like it's kind of a sick way to exist. Mm -hmm. You're never experiencing anything in the present moment. You're always thinking from the future Mm -hmm. and you're not really with anyone else. You're with like some question mark followers or people that might like something instead of being with your friends or family or like spouse or whoever it is that you're actually experiencing the moment with. You're experiencing it with some
1: question mark in the future. Very well said. That's completely true. I really concur with that a million percent
2: despite the fact that this uh podcast is about pet peeves one of my pet peeves is negative people (laughs) (laughs) Me too. you know and again i i think we all have the right to uh you know have little grievances uh, and gripes yeah but if somebody is a constant negative debbie downer type person that's a pet peeve and really somebody you don't really want to associate with or spend a lot of time with
0: Yeah. I have a similar one, Dad, where it's like if someone has to be chronically sarcastic or negative or undercutting, it's just like that's such an exhausting energy to be around. If you can't find any joy or enthusiasm for life or anything beautiful about life, I just cannot be around you. It hurts me. It actually hurts me because I really when I meet people like that, I'm like, it's not cute. It's not funny. I don't know what you're trying to do. Maybe someone hurt you. But if someone didn't and you're actively choosing to be that way, I really can't be around you. And there are some people who are just chronically negative and just cutting all the time. Like, I hate being around people that I feel like I have to have, like, my karate chop hands up every time I talk to them because they're just going to be picking at me and negative and, like, hating everything they see. Like... I realized recently I'm someone who's extremely enthusiastic about life and people. Like I overall really love life and I really love people. So when I'm around somebody who is negative, who says things like I hate people, I know you say that sometimes mom, but I find it very disturbing. I say it it in jest. Yeah. And some people say it in jest and some people say it in real, in reality, but like how could you hate something that you are? You are a person. So
1: how could you hate what you are? If you hate people, you hate yourself. I say humanity because some, you know, just sometimes... But humanity isn't bad. There's
0: individuals within humanity who do bad things, who probably were traumatized that made them do those bad things. And I'm not saying there aren't bad people in the world. There are some people who are just sociopaths. But even sociopaths, didn't they usually have something happen to them traumatic in childhood that made them that way? You know, like you can point a compassion for almost everyone. Okay, I'm not saying that everybody's good, but almost everyone in the world has something good in them. And most people in the world are more good than bad. Agreed. So stop being so negative, (laughs) says the three people who've done nothing but complain for an hour. (laughs) Well, I think we should, again, end it with something that we love. So, Mom, again, starting with you. Okay, no, I'll start with that because I can tell you don't know what you want to say. (laughs) Very perceptive. (laughs) Dad, starting with you.
2: Well, I love what we're trying to do here is communicate with people and, uh, you know, lift people up Mm -hmm. in in general. So I do have a positive view of humanity in general. Again, pet peeves are part of... uh, Interacting with people and finding things that are, are less desirable, but for the most part, I I always look for the good, as I said, and I'm very appreciative of the people in my life that love me, and I love them, and uh, it just makes life very, very worthwhile and special.
0: Aw, that's so sweet, Daddy. Well, I love people too. I really love seeing people. It's part of why I love being a coach. It's part of why I love producing. It's part of why I love writing music and like writing a song that connects with someone and doing this podcast and talking with you, listening each week. So seeing people and really seeing the beauty in them, seeing the ability in them, maybe when they don't even see it in themselves. That makes me really happy. And on a more superficial note, but not superficial, because it's one of the great beauties of life. I love food. Oh, I love <laughs> oh yeah. I love going on Yelp and finding a new restaurant and just devouring their Yelp page. Like looking at all the things, and being like, oh, when I go there, I would have that and this menu looks good. And reading the reviews and seeing the funny reviews and if there's any negative ones, trying to see those. So My, like, higher self says I love people and seeing people. And my, like, every girl self just, I really love food.
1: (laughs) And I love you, Lauren. And I love you, Mike. I love my family. I Ditto. Yes, I love my family. I love my extended family and relatives. I love my friends. What's one thing you love about life? I love to see, you know, people helping other people, people being kind to other people. It's a beautiful thing. And those I think are when you, you know, are reading the newspaper, you're reading, you know, all the news stories on your phone. Those are the most beautiful stories where people are helping other people, where they are there for other people. And that I think is the beauty of life, kindness, and helping other people, treating other people the way you want to be treated. But kindness and love and being there for other people and seeing the humanity and being compassionate to other people. Okay. All of that, yeah.
0: (laughs) Very beautiful. Well, it's been a pleasure getting to spend this time with you both. Is there anything you'd like our listener to
1: do right now to either support you or anything you want to promote? Well, I'd like to promote my daughter's podcast (laughs) and her music. Tell as many people... Tell all your family and friends rate, review, to rate, and review, follow, subscribe, subscribe, follow her podcast on Apple, on Spotify, on all the different venues that you listen to her on. And also for her music. She has such beautiful, beautiful music. And she pours her heart and soul into it. And... Honestly, if you listen to it, if you haven't already, please listen to it. And again, like it, follow it, and pass it along to all your family and friends. Every single one. Every every single one. No, her songs, her music is so beautiful.
0: Thanks, Mom. You're my number one hype woman. Dad, is there anything you want to promote?
2: I ditto everything Mom just said. I love listening to your podcast when I go for my walks listening to your music when I go for my walks. Just very uplifting and I always learn a lot both from your coaching sessions with uh, some of your clients as well as some of the interviews that you do as well as the uh, sessions that you do just one-on-one. Not even one-on-one, just yourself talking about some experiences that you've had in uh, your life. And um, it's just very, very, very informational and uh, I learn a lot, not only learn about my daughter Oh, yeah, uh, he always uh, says
0: that to me. I'm like, I told you this. And you're like, uh, I learned more on your podcast about you.
2: (laughs) But, you know, from the guests and from uh, other interactions, it's just a lot of great, great information that she's sharing. And I think it's a very positive group that uh, listens to uh, her podcast. It is. My listeners are
0: amazing. Like so talented and so kind and uplifting. And I want to say my dad won't probably promote this himself, but he is an incredible financial planner. You can find him if you Google Mike LaGrasso Landmark Financial. So check him out if you're interested in knowing anything about your finances he's my financial planner and i'm quite happy with his services so thank you again for listening if you like what you heard again per my parents advice rate review follow the podcast tell a friend about the podcast share it on social media tag me at lauren Legrasso, tag my parents at lugroza 51 <laughs> L-O-U-G-R-O-Z-A, the number 5-1. My mom is at Joanne LaGrasso, and we will repost to share our gratitude. Thank you, Rachel Fulton, for editing this episode of Unleash. You can follow her at Rachel M. Fulton. Thanks, Liz Full, for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full, and we love you, and we believe Believe in in you. you. Have a great day. We'll talk with you next week. Or I will, they won't. Bye. Bye-bye. bye